Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, y'all? Hope everyone is having an amazing day. Uh, We're going to talk about protein today, how to burn more fat with it. Protein actually helps you burn a lot of fat, helps you lose weight, and does this in a variety of ways. I'm going to talk about how eating protein helps you lose weight. I'm going to talk about how protein does not harm the kidneys. This is a rumor and a myth that needs to die today. We're going to put it to rest. Uh, how to eat more protein, and that's a big struggle. You know, when I put out uh, stuff on social media about you know hitting 100 grams of protein plus or your goal weight in pounds times 0.7, and you're like, how the hell am I going to get 80 grams of protein? Well, we're going to start with tracking it, Felicia. First of all, but I'll tell you how to eat more of it. Strategies you can use every day to eat more protein. Protein sources, like food sources, you know, a lot of people don't realize what all has protein in it. And you could just Google it, but I'm going to break it down for you and tell you, you know, a little bit about each food and and, and ways to strategize so you can hit your protein goal. Uh, Because again, protein is so important to hit consistently, and our populace is chronically under consuming it. That's my biggest thing is. If more people consumed protein, if if you just took our populace and had them consume more protein, the obesity epidemic would be flushed down the toilet. It would be cut in half at the very minimum. Okay. And then talk about some protein powder brands. I know a lot of you are curious about that. A lot of you are going to fast forward to the end just to hear about that. But I'll talk about the best protein powder you can use as a supplement to a good nutrition protocol. Because again, Without good nutrition, no supplement will do jack shit for you. You all know that. You've been following me for a while. But I'll talk about some good brands. I'll talk about the ones that taste good, things to look for in protein powders, things to stay away from, and just some general information about the protein supplement industry. So let's get into it. So here's how protein helps you lose weight. First of all, satiety. Satiety is a huge, huge issue with the majority of the populace. The the gin pop, we'll call it, struggles with satiety. And I think this is by design. I won't put on my tinfoil hat, but I will say that you know, the majority of food that we eat or that is available to us and affordable is processed. It's highly processed. There are tons of studies that show that, you know, highly palatable, ultra-processed foods lead to struggles with weight gain down the road. And we all know this, right? Why? Well, processed food is high calorie, low satiety, right? It it does not fill you up, but it pumps you full of calories. Not all food is the same. You could have two foods that have equal calories but one fills you up and the other one doesn't. And that's the difference between nutrient-dense food and processed food. That's the biggest difference. And this, is, this, this right here, in my opinion, is the biggest problem plaguing the populace, especially with weight loss struggles, is satiety. So when we think about processed food versus nutrient-dense food, the processed foods are usually on the inner aisles of the grocery store. The nutrient-dense foods are usually on the outside of the aisles and the, the produce, you know, fruits, veggies, meats, dairy, stuff like that, right? And so protein is highly satiating, meaning it makes you feel fuller for longer. So the more protein you eat, the more full you're generally going to be. And this has a lot of carryover because a lot of people go over on their calories without knowing it because A, they're eating processed foods and B, they have cravings. Well, I'm here to tell you, the more protein you eat, the less cravings you'll have. People, I'll go as far as to make this statement. People overeat calories when they undereat protein. But when people eat enough protein, very rarely do people also go over their calories because, again, it is satiating. And when 90% of people on this earth are not tracking calories, you know, you want to use whatever tools at your disposal you can to reduce caloric intake if your goal is weight loss or, or, or fat loss. 
And eating protein can be a huge lever you can pull if you're not quite ready to track calories, if you're super resistant to it, if it freaks you out. Well, that's great. Fine. Eat more protein and you're way less likely to overeat. Because again, weight loss comes down to being in a negative energy balance. And most people are just overeating on average over time and don't realize it because they're not tracking calories or they are tracking calories. They're not using a food scale, using cups, measuring cups and tablespoons, stuff like that. And it's just not accurate. They're just trying to eyeball food. And as a result, are overeating and don't realize it. So that being the case, if you just eat more protein, you're less likely to overeat. You can control at least one variable that will bring your caloric consumption down. Okay. So satiety and cravings, huge thing with protein. If you struggle with cravings at a certain time of day, eat protein around that time of, that time of day. So for instance, if it's you know 8 o'clock at night, you're craving some whatever, sugar, whatever it is, eat some protein. Eat some chicken, some beef, some fish, some poultry, some legumes, edamame, tofu. I'll go through the food sources at the end, but the, you know, Greek, Greek yogurt is a great, that's a great time to eat that because it's a slow digesting protein. So it has casein protein in it. So you know, the more frequently you eat protein and the more you spread it out throughout the day, the less likely you are to overeat. Let's talk about the thermic effect of food. Thermic effect of food is a fancy term for how your body burns calories digesting food. We do burn calories digesting food. And some food takes, we'll say, more effort to digest than other food. Protein has the highest thermic effect of food. Your body burns the most calories digesting protein. Uh, Second place would be carbohydrates. Third place would be fats. And so this is a big reason why when I structure nutrition, uh, when when we're in our coaching program, for instance, when we structure nutrition for clients, fat is the smallest, uh, is the lowest macro percentage usually. Not that percentages really mean fuck all when it comes to your weight loss long-term, but if I'm going to structure someone's nutrition, uh, I'm going to structure it to where you know, protein is anywhere between you know, 30 to 40% of calories, maybe 25 in some cases, and carbohydrates are going to make up the, the majority and then fill in the rest with fats. Fats are usually around 30% at the, the high end. So that is how I like to structure people's uh, macros for that reason. The thermic, you take advantage of the thermic effect of food, Fats also slow down digestion. So if the more fats you eat, the slower your digestion is going to be, and the less likely you're going to be able to eat every two to three hours. Now, we don't want to eat every two to three hours for metabolic reasons. It doesn't speed up your metabolism. What it does do, though, is allow you a higher likelihood of hitting a protein goal. So if you're eating you know, every couple hours, every three, four hours at the, at the minimum, you're way more likely to hit a protein goal than if you're eating every five to six hours. Think of it from a new, simple numerical standpoint. If your protein goal is, let's just say 100 grams, just throwing numbers out there, and you have, you know, you're only awake for 14 hours of the day, let's just say, right? Wait, is that right? No, no, no. Sorry. 18 hours. So let's say you're awake 16 to 18 hours of the day, and that's your window to hit 100 grams of protein, and you're only eating two meals. That means each meal has to have 50 grams of protein in it. Right. So that's why you want to eat more frequent meals. The more meals that you eat, the higher likelihood you have of hitting a protein goal. And it's much easier to break down that goal into 20 gram increments, 30 gram increments than 50 gram increments. Right. It's hard to eat 50 grams of protein in one sitting. It's really hard. So it's more manageable to break that down into snacks or smaller meals. And it also, again, spreads out that that satiating nutrient throughout the day. So you're not craving things here and there. Right. And then look, it's okay to crave things. I'm not trying to, not, not trying to, eradicate cravings. I think that's, that's a normal part of life, but protein will help you not struggle with them as much. Big obvious benefit of protein in terms of weight loss is more muscle tissue. You cannot develop your muscle tissue without protein. And without muscle tissue, it's going to be really hard for you to burn calories efficiently, to raise your basal metabolic rate. 
which is the bulk of how many calories you burn every day. 70% or more of your calories burned every day comes from your basal metabolic rate. The more protein you eat, the more muscle tissue you have. Muscle tissue is a huge, is a huge lever of basal metabolic rate. So like basically what I'm saying is the more muscle tissue you have, the more calorically expensive your body is to run because your basal metabolic rate is just the amount of calories you burn functioning, living. And a body that has more muscle tissue is more expensive. So take me, for example, I have a lot of muscle tissue. I can do nothing and burn like 3,000 calories just living. What it takes to run my body is a lot more calories than someone who doesn't have as much muscle tissue. And you can't build muscle tissue without protein. So the more, the more protein you eat, the more calories you're going to burn digesting food, the less cravings you're going to have, and the more calories you're going to burn at rest from having more muscle tissue from your... Assuming your strength training, right? You don't just gain muscle eating protein. It has to be in conjunction with lifting weights and strength training, right? You have to be something... You have to do something to stimulate your body to build the muscle tissue, to develop the muscle tissue. And women, I want you to embrace this because so many women fear lifting because you don't want to look bulky or manly. That's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> it just doesn't, doesn't happen. A, ma a male and a female can do the exact same thing in the gym. Spoiler alert, our clients do what I do in the gym <laughs> for the most part. None of them look manly. They all develop in a very appealing way. And it's because men and women develop differently. Women who develop the bulk, quote unquote, or the, the masculine traits that comes from anabolic steroid use, comes from performance enhancing drugs. So keep that in mind. You will not develop that way without exogenous hormones. Okay. So more muscle tissue. The last one, one last little known benefit of protein is it lowers blood pressure. There's several studies that show, you know, several meta-analysis, meta which matters, right? In the scientific world, random randomized control trials that show that there is an increased with increased protein intake, blood diastolic blood pressure lowers and, and systolic too as well, I believe. Uh, I don't know 100% on that, but I know just uh, diastolic for sure. And that was independent of weight loss. So that shows that protein it, in and of itself has an effect on blood pressure, which is really cool. You know, usually if you have a decrease in blood pressure, it's associated with reduction in, in weight, in body weight, right? Usually uh, this was independent of that, which is really important. Let's talk about kidneys. So one question I get a lot is, can you overeat protein and or is protein hard on your kidneys? The answer is no to both. There has been, let's just talk about overeating protein, first of all. Let's just say, because a lot of times when I say hit 100 grams, you're like, well, what if I eat more than 100 grams? Is that going to harm me? Hell no, Deborah. Hell no. I dare you to overeat protein. I dare you to try and overdose on protein. <laughs> I, I, I probably shouldn't say that, but... My point being, in any study ever in the history of man, woman, kind, there is no upper limit on protein consumption to be found. No upper limit. Meaning we don't even know, we haven't even found a number of grams in protein consumed that is considered to be deleterious to health. So knock yourself out because the more protein you eat, the less calories you're likely to eat overall. Right? Remember that. The more protein you eat, the less likely you are to overeat calories. So knock yourself out, eat as much of it as you can, try to overshoot your goal. That's the one macronutrient. Let's just say you, you're somebody who's tracking your calories and you have macro goals. If you go over your protein and under on the others, that's fine. doesn't matter. You don't have to hit a magic macro number. What's important with weight loss and fat loss is just hitting your calorie goal and your protein goal. And if you overshoot protein, totally fine. doesn't matter. Now, if it makes you go in a caloric surplus... Now we're now that can make you gain weight because again, you've consumed more energy than you've expended. Even though it's protein, you will still get gain weight in that instance. But if you overeat protein and stay within your calorie range, 
totally fine. That's actually really ideal and optimal. Try to do it. As far as kidneys go, there is there are tons of studies that show that in healthy kidneys, protein, even excessive amounts, have no effect. They have no negative effect. The only time and the only person who should be conscious of protein intake are those with pre-existing serious kidney issues. Okay, so if you have a pre-existing serious kidney condition, yes, work with a physician and monitor your protein intake. Everyone else, run wild. Eat as much protein as you can. So how do we eat more protein? Because it's hard. To, some people have a hard time uh, squeezing you know, 100 grams in a day, which is my biggest problem with fasting, by the way. Right? The populace is already under-consuming protein, let alone if we cut our eating window in half. Right, So let's not fast. Plenty of ways to lose weight without starving yourself half the day. But how do you eat more of it? Well, you need to eat early and often. If you're not a breakfast person, fucking change your identity. Start saying you are a breakfast person because that's literally just a matter of your brain switching, flipping a switch. You, you may not be hungry in the morning at first. That's because you're not eating in the morning. If you start eating little by little, your, your stomach will start producing stomach acid around that hour and you will start getting hungry in the morning. Also, be active as soon as you wake up. Go for a walk, something like that. Stimulate your appetite. Give your body a reason to need fuel. So many people complain that they're not hungry, but yet they're just sitting there all day. If you're sedentary, of course you're not hungry because you're not giving your body any, any reason to want fuel. Your body's a, a reflection of what you do consistently over time. So if you're just sedentary, of course it's not going to demand more fuel. You don't need any. You're burning less calories. Why would you consume more, right? So give your body a reason to. But that being said, early and often, so eat your first meal of the day should have protein. Absolutely. It's a great way to jumpstart metabolism first thing after a night of fasting. You fast all night, by the way. You don't need to fast during the day. So a good way to do this, ratio protein yogurts, Oikos triple zero yogurts. These are high protein, low fat yogurts because that's a big challenge people have is hitting the protein goal, but staying under the fat goal. So the, a great way to do this is to use Greek yogurt because it's typically very high protein, very low fat. So you got Greek yogurt, you have eggs. Eggs are higher fat. So maybe... You know, keep the yolks in because they're very good for you. I mean, egg yolks are like a multivitamin. And don't worry about cholesterol. Fuck all that shit about eggs raising your cholesterol. Dietary cholesterol has very little effect on actual cholesterol. It's more, more so comes down to your body composition, your exercise habits, your activity level, and stuff like that. Genetics. That being said, keep some yolks in there. Maybe decrease the yolks and keep the whites in, right? So that way, you know, maybe two yolks and five egg whites or something like that, or one egg yolk and four egg whites, whatever it is, right? Whatever fits your caloric needs. Lean meats, so chicken breasts, lean red meats, you know, those can help a lot with hitting a protein goal, staying under a fat goal. Or and the reason we say I'm I'm saying this about fat is because every study associated with meat and inflammation or cancer, et cetera, is not equating for calories. When we equate for calories, there's no difference between a vegan diet and a meat diet or an animal protein diet. And that's the reason for that is because a lot of people in these studies, when they're overeating calories and they're overeating calories because the meats that they're eating are high fat. Fat is the most calorically dense macronutrient. It hits nine calories per gram versus carbs and fats, which are four calories per gram. So of course, if you're consuming a bunch of fattier meat, you're, gonna, you're, you're consuming more calories overall. And this is what actually what leads to increased inflammation is the, the chronic obesity or being overweight from consuming more calories, right? Because of the fattier meats. If you eat leaner meats, if you correct for calories, there is no difference in inflammatory reduction or increase between a vegan diet, a vegetarian diet, or a animal protein diet. Okay. And the data supports that. That being said, you can eat higher fat meats. It's just look at your total calories. That's my point there. Total calories are so important. <laughs> That's like the number one thing you have to control when we're talking about fat loss or weight loss. Legumes. So like beans, lentils, uh, quinoa, stuff like that. Very high in protein, also very high in fiber, which is also extremely important. 
and very satiating, which can also help you lose weight. Uh, also important for digestions, shit like that. Tofu, fish, salmon, white fish, cod, shrimp. I already said Greek yogurt, chickpeas, lentils. I just gave you at least over a dozen protein sources right there that you can work into your nutrition in different ways. Bone broth is another one I didn't write down. You can cook your rice in bone broth and that'll give you some extra protein. My, my fiance, Haley, does that. Really good way to get more protein. And then, so that's protein sources. Eat early, eat more often. Eat, you know, you can eat snacks, you can eat smaller meals, spread them out throughout the day. Walk after your meals and that will stimulate digestion. It actually stimulates what's called peristalsis, which is the snake-like movement in your small intestine, which propels food through the digestive tract. Right. So going on a walk after you eat is a very good way to be hungry again. In a couple hours, you can consume more protein. Last thing I want to talk about, protein powder. So when do you take protein powder as a supplement? Meaning if you got, you need to, if you're, I'll just use, I'm throwing out numbers again here, just in general. But if your protein goal is hundred grams and then you need to get 85 of those grams from food, I think hundred, but if you're 85, if you're just starting out and then round it out with the protein powder. It's it's literally just something to help you get the last bit of protein. I drink two shakes a day because I have to eat 200 plus grams of protein. And that's hard for me to do through food sometimes. So I use I do use two shakes a day. But again, that's case by case. Protein powder is fine, but you want to look for, in my opinion, one that is an isolate. Reason being like, well... Okay, I'll say I'll put it this way. If you have an aversion to milk, dairy, et cetera, and this has been proven by a test with a gastroenterologist, I always want to advocate that. We don't just cut things, right? You want to make sure that you if you are allergic to something, you can avoid it. So if what you are allergic to happens to be dairy or milk or lactose, then a whey isolate is going to be best for you because one thing you want to look for in these products, especially like the ready-to-drink proteins, like the ones that come already pre-mixed, milk protein. Milk protein will fuck you up if you have an aversion to dairy or lactose. They don't mess with me at all. I love that milk protein doesn't affect me at all. Haley, for instance, has to avoid them because they mess with their stomach. So it just it's case by case, right? If you are lactose intolerant, dairy intolerant, then avoid milk protein. If not, you're good. Safe bet would be a whey isolate. See how you do with that. And when you're looking for protein brands, look for as little ingredients as possible. A lot of them put a lot of fillers in it, maltodextrin, shit like that to make it, and they taste great. Uh, but you can actually get a really good tasting one with, without all that stuff. And I'm just a fan of having less ingredients, right? I like sweeteners like monk fruit and stevia. I'm not a big fan of sucralose. Sucralose can fuck with people's stomachs. There's no data to show that sucralose messes with the gut biome. But anecdotally, we've had a ton of clients who've had issues with sucralose. So just, you know, it may affect you, it may not. It doesn't affect me, but it may affect you. So just something to be wary of. It just literally just try different things. But you, the safer bet is to go with an isolate that uses monk fruit or stevia and then has as little ingredients as possible. And just find one that tastes good. Find one that tastes good. Find your favorite flavor and then roll with it. Put it in your coffee, you know, mix it here and there. I recommend make when you make protein shakes, make them as small as possible, like a shot so it doesn't fill you up so much that you don't eat. Because it's not meant to be a meal replacement. And that's all I got on protein, y'all. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was helpful. If you got value, let me know. Have an awesome rest of your day. I'm off to go conquer shit. Have an awesome, awesome rest of your day, ladies. Thank you. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.